Hello, hello, and welcome to Dear Percival, the podcast you want, the podcast you need. This is the only one you'll ever want. Yes, it is. This one concerns. Oh, yes, it does. It concerns the people of Bloomsbury. Oh, a marvellous new novel by the author and poet extraordinaire Mr. D.J. Swales. Their Percival concerns Danny Savarino, one of the characters in the said book. And De Percival is a diary that Mr. Savarino writes. This is going to be the continuing part of Elguna. This is part two, part two. So let's make a start, shall we? Let's go. A few of the adult-only guests left their room doors ajar tonight with various coloured hankies tied to the handles. I feel like I've intruded on some clandestine swingers convention. I couldn't help but peek into one room where I witnessed something I'd never seen before. There was a bright blonde lady, the colour of 2012's infamous tan mom. Her figure slipped into a white towel dressing gown. I don't think she had anything underneath as a leopard skin bikini was on the floor. Her husband was asleep on the bed, a look of utter bliss on his face and his mouth wide open. I can only speculate on what they'd been doing minutes earlier. I assumed they were Swedish, as Roxette's Listen to Your Heart was blasting out on loop at full volume. Or is that another swinger signal? The hotel played the same song by the pool earlier, and everyone seemed to perk up and smile at each other. The lyrics would suggest so. It all felt innocent at the time, and I simply smiled back at everyone. When the song The Time Warp by Damien, a cover of the Rocky Horror Picture Show version, came on the poolside speakers, everyone went back to scowling again. Aside from a Scunthorpe lady who started to draw knowing glances with a host of pelvic thrusts, elaborate hand gestures, and awkward squatting movements. Percival, I felt like such a voyeur as I watched the Swedish man sleep as his dressing gown wife opened a small bottle of mineral water. She poured half of it into her room's electric kettle, then walked over and matter-of-factly poured the rest into his mouth. He didn't even stir as he swallowed, then opened his mouth again like some prostrate Oliver Twist. Please, sir, I want some more, I imagined him saying. I should have departed but instead watched as the blonde lady shook a packet of instant noodles like an improvised maraca, pulled them open, then dropped them into the kettle. Like a squirrel, she then nibbled at the corner of a little silver sachet of spices. She sniffed the spices, then sneezed, disturbing her husband. Stop that, he demanded in English, without even opening his eyes. I know most Swedish people speak English. In fact, it was Abba's first language. Did he mean stop sneezing or stop making noodles in the kettle? It's really damaging for the heating element. No sooner had I thought this than she pulled open a can of meatballs and tipped them in with the noodles. When the lady moved out of view, I took a few steps into her room to see what else she was up to. She looked very preoccupied. While her back was turned, I dashed over and fished the empty packet out of the bin. They were kimchi beef. Oh, a delicious choice. I bit my fist to stop myself from asking where they bought them. I want some. 
I wonder, would it have scared her if I'd have asked? Or do swingers quite happily go in and out of each other's rooms exchanging noodles? I squeezed her husband's toe to make sure he was really asleep, then dashed back to the doorway. I meant to leave them to it, but her antisocial behaviour really bothered me. It was so wrong! What if the next guests make tea and find that it tastes like kimchi? Will she be there to comfort them? I think not. I turned and peeked again, wondering why her arms were so frantic. I couldn't believe it. A small zebra-skin carry-on suitcase was turned on its side. Its innards contained an entire spice rack. She was customising her instant noodles like the Swedish chef out the Muppets, even humming as she worked. Thank you. That was part two of El Guna. Brief, but brilliant. <laughs> there will be part three in the fullness of time. Now, you know what you have to do. You have to go to Amazon and you have to purchase the people of Bloomsbury by the author and poet extraordinaire, Mr. D.J. Swales. This has been The Percival, read by Kevin Green. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please tune in again for part three, where we'll just keep going until you love it. Thank you so much. Goodbye. 